0: Today, I have a special guest with me. It is the amazing Jesse Lee Peterson. Jesse, how are you doing today?
1: All is well, Tony. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: I'm excited to have you here. It was great meeting you a few weeks ago. Um, I, I believe you're a very genuine person. You are an absolute joy to hang around with and talk to. So I'm excited about this.
1: Thank you. We had an amazing time at the 21 Summit Conference down there. It was, it was mind-blowing. It was amazing to meet so many males and men who are trying to overcome and really understand what it is to be a man in America today. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing there.
0: Well, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate you being there. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, first thing I want to talk to you about is a little bit of a biography of you. Like, what's your backstory? Just for the audience that doesn't know you.
1: Well, long story short, I grew up in Alabama on a plantation. Uh, I grew up under the Jim Crow law, so familiar with the uh, for colors on this side, for whites on this side. The beauty is that uh, we had a family. You know, um, men got married, fathers and mothers raised their children, we were taught to work. Um, we treated all people the way that. Uh, you would like to be treated or I would like to be treated. And we knew that the Democrat thing was about the Democratic Party and that they didn't want Black Americans to be a part of the Democratic Party at the time. But when the so-called civil rights movement started, at some point <clears throat> they decided that they were going to sell the Blacks to the Democratic Party as long as they agreed to let the so-called civil rights leaders be the head of the Blacks and lead them in the way to go. And they uh um they really just destroyed black Americans because most blacks have not returned since that time. They've gotten worse rather than getting better because they don't have family, they hate white people, they hate America, they're relying on the government uh to take care of them and their children. It's a mess. But then so I left Alabama at 18, I moved to California and I started listening to this so-called civil rights leaders and others. I was 18 years old when I moved here. And they were saying, it's the white man, it's the white man this and the white man that, the white man trying to keep the black man down and all kind of crap like that. So I believed in that. And once I believed it, it started to control me as well. It made me believe a lot that you couldn't make it in America because you were black. But then time went by and I questioned things. If I'm black and can't make it, why is it that Jesse Jackson and Lewis Farrakhan and Al Sharpton and NWCP and other they are black, they're doing well. They have kids, they are married, they live in nice homes, and it, how come the white man is not holding them back? And that's when I realized that we have been lied to. It wasn't the black it wasn't it's not white people that's holding black people back because there's no such thing as racism or sexism, homophobiaism, Islamophobism, white supremacism. No isms is either right or wrong or good or evil. And so I realized we had been lied to, and I asked God to let me see myself. And he allowed me to see that what was holding me back in California was I hated my parents. I had anger toward my mother who tried to turn me away from my father. And the worst thing that can happen to children, boys and girls, is to turn them away from their fathers. Because when you turn children away from their fathers, you turn them away from God. And it's impossible to love God, to become a Christian and hate your father, your earthly father. And so I realized that she had done that. And I went and talked to her about it. I forgave her for turning me away from him. And when I forgave my mother, God forgave me. And I was able to overcome that because you become like what you hate. If you notice that uh, most, if not all, most men have anger. And any man that has anger is a woman. he take on his mother identity. You become like what you hate. So that's why men, they think and act like a woman. They're very emotional. They have anger. And so when I forgave my mother, God forgave me and took away my mother's identity. She took away that crazy thinking, living in my uh, imagination, living in my head, and all that emotional stuff. And he turned me back toward my father. And it's just been amazing ever since then. I I can now see clearly I'm not operating from thoughts. I don't have that emotional that I emotion that I had when I resented my mother. And fortunately for me, my mother told me, and I didn't notice, I was 38, that exactly what she did to me, her mother did it to her. And it happens from generation to generation to someone changing. And so I, I realized that black people were suffering not because of this fake idea of racism, but due to the destruction of the home and the lack of more character. And so I started a meeting to tell black people, it's not about racism, it's not about white folks, it's not about slavery or Jim Crow or any of that stuff. You got to return to your father. You got to love God with all your heart, soul, and might. You can't do that when you hate your father. So you got to forgive your mother so God can forgive you and return to your father. So I started the organization Bond, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And we are rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man, bringing back the order of God, God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, woman over children. If you don't have that order, it's not going to work because anytime the woman is over the man, you're going to catch hell. And when you hate your mother, the woman is your God. And men are subject to women because they hate their mothers. But when they forgive their mothers, then the order will reverse and the woman will be subject to the man. So we started Bond, 30 years old now, organization. And we tutor, we counsel, we have a a home for men. Uh, We also started uh, Entrepreneur Academy where we're teaching men how to start businesses uh, ages 18 and up of all men. And we uh, started a credit union so we can loan them the money, and they have to pay it back to keep the credit union going. But I have to tell you, we're working with men around the world now, and it's just been amazing what has happened. Men are overcoming mama and returning to the fathers.
0: That's fantastic, because you already answered my first question, because you do say forgive your mother and return to your father. Yes. So you've explained that really good. Also, there's one thing that you say quite frequently. It's be in the world, not of the world. Yes. Can you explain that?
1: What happened is once you forgive your mother and return to your father, you start to li- to live from within. That's why God said get to know yourself because everything you're looking for is within. The kingdom of heaven is within us. When Christ came, he uh, created a new testament, a new kingdom, a new reality that's within us. And he hid it from the children of the lie. And the children of the lie is anyone who has anger. And so when you start to live from within, that's why you should know thyself. You're in the world, but not of it. You're not controlled by the world. You could do without it. You, you're not angry. Your, mo- your motivation comes from pure love, which is of God within you. And so you can take it or leave it. You're not, you don't hate your fellow man. So you're in the world, but you're not in all that mess that's going on in the world because Satan is the author of this world, but God is the author of the world within you. And inside of you is perfect peace, clear living, clear thinking, and it's an amazing place to be. So you're in the world, but you're not a part of it as to as far as what's going on in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. That's going to lead me to, which I think is a great segue into your silent prayer. And now I know just from my personal um, account of watching you, I have been doing the silent prayer. And it's made a big difference in my life, just yes. so you know. So you. let people know what the silent prayer is. In fact, I've reached out to a few people, in fact, this week, and I've sent them the, vi- sent them the video. and And, you know, because there's a lot of people right now who, because of the China virus, are just absolutely in a, you know, they're losing their minds. And, you know, and to the way you say that those thoughts are not your own, those thoughts are evil that you're thinking. So I've passed that on to a few people. So tell me about your silent prayer. Um
1: my silent prayer silent prayer. Video is on my YouTube channel what it does is it calms you down God calm you down so it can, God can catch up with you and separate the real you from the not you you are not your thoughts every thought you get is a lie no such thing as a true thought. those that build you up they'll let you down those that let you down they build you up so they build you up to let you down then you go nuts and end up on medication for depression, suicidal thoughts, uh, w- anxiety, fear, and doubt, and worry. You, when you're in your thoughts, because they're not from God, and not from you, they're from the darkness of your imagination. They're straight out of hell. They're from Satan. And so when you when you become angry, when your mother cause you to become angry and turn you away from your father, before that, you had an innocence. So you live by revelation. You look around you, you see what's going on, you discover, you ask questions. But well, if she traumatize you by being impatient or dominating or too mothery and turn you away from your father, you escape into your thoughts in an, in, in an effort to survive. But when you become an adult, you're supposed to overcome that darkness and come back to common sense, come back to revelation, come back to living in the presence of God. Because God is in the present. He's not in yesterday. He's not in tomorrow. He's here right now. So when you overcome the anger, he starts to renew your mind, bring you out of the darkness, and cause you to live in the present where he is. He renews your mind. He opened up opportunities for you. Every moment, you're becoming better and better because you're, you're overcoming rather than overreacting to the world around you. This is an amazing way to live, and that's how kids are before they are traumatized by their mothers. So I ask people to do it. Go to silentprayer.video so God can calm you down and bring you out of the out of the imagination, out of the thought. So if you're a Chris, one of those whooping and hollering Christian Bible thumpers, you can do your little whooping and hollering and jump up and down. And so you when you're done it up and down and whooping and hollering, calm down so that God can catch up with you, bring you out of that darkness, and guide you in the right way to go. There is no tomorrow. There is no yesterday. Whatever happened yesterday, it happened then. It is done. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow will take, take care of itself. We are to be present and have a good appreciation and a good attitude about now, and that way you overcome all things.
0: Okay. Now, I've, I've heard you talk recently, too, about... Like when somebody says God is speaking to to them. And I've heard you say God's voice is a silent voice. Yes. It's not like they're at, God's not actually speaking in your head. You're not going to hear voices. So tell me about that. Tell, you know, kind of expand a little on that.
1: You hear people say, the Lord is talking to me. The Lord told me to tell you this. The Lord told me to tell you that, right? They're lying. Oh, I heard the Lord. They're lying. And uh, God said that my children shall know me by my voice. And his voice is a voiceless voice. And so it reveals, he reminds you of what you already know by revelation. He caused you to remember what you've forgotten because we all know the truth. But due to the trauma of of the mothers, the anger, you forget what you know. And then, as I said, you escape into your head. And so if you read the Bible, Satan to quote the scriptures to you, and you think it's from God, or you think you're learning your, on your own, but you're being influenced by evil. Or God, uh, Satan to tell you, oh, say this to that person, or say that to that person. That's from Satan, not from God. So I tell people, those voices in your head, you're not hearing the voice of God. You're hearing the voice of your other God, Satan. God's voice is a revelation. He reveals, He guides you in a quiet, voiceless, Voice. It's like you remember. You know, sometimes you can put your keys down and now you're rushing out of the home, out of the house, and you forgot where you laid your keys. And then you calm down, all of a sudden you remember, oh, I laid them on the table. It's a reminder. And that's what God's voice is it's a reminder of what we already know.
0: I'm going to tell you a quick story. I met this young guy who was going through some problems, lost his business and i invited him over one evening he was a, a younger christian guy about 30 years old yeah and we were kind of having a a we'll call it a biblical talk or whatever but he told me he could speak in tongues and he <laughs> he, he actually said he just started speaking in tongues like and i'm like what are you saying he's like <laughs> i'm I, I like explain it to me i mean it sounds like gibberish to me and he said, I can speak in tongues at any moment. And I just thought it was really strange. I grew up, I say I grew up in my, i say in my high school years, we went, my family went to the hooping and hollering churches. Yeah. So I seen the people speaking in tongues all over the church and I was always, I just never quite understood that. And now when this young fellow did that here about a month ago, sitting at my kitchen table, I didn't, I didn't know what to think. And I mean, I told him, I'm like, I don't, what are you saying? What are you doing? You know, did the, he told me the Holy Spirit just comes over him and he can speak in tongues. What do you think about that?
1: That's nuts. That's insane. That is not from God. God is quite clear. He's not confusing. He, uh, He doesn't have to tell somebody else to tell you what to say or do. He's within you. He will guide you. Um, and there are a lot of churches that are teaching people to speak in tongue. And then they claim that uh, someone else has to be around you in order to interpret
0: what I heard that too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which exactly. is, that doesn't make sense. God yeah. love you. He wants you to be aware now he doesn't need someone else to tell you what he wants you to know. He's quite clear and he's with you. He's inside of you. And so that stuff that these people are teaching is just a bunch of intellect, intellect, uh, uh, lecture, nonsense, intellectual nonsense, It's just a, another way that the Satan is deceiving the preachers and those who are teaching that stuff. It has nothing to do with God.
0: Yeah, I know he was smoking some pot before that too. He
1: had to be on pot. <laughs> <laughs> pot, <Pothead>. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I just thought it's it was insane. insane. Because I again, I grew up in the church. It's funny you said that because I people would speak in tongues, and then there would be a pause, and then all of a sudden somebody on the other side of the auditorium would now interpret that. And I always, yeah. I always found that strange. And I'm like, for all these years, I'm like, is this just a setup? Is this what this is, or is it is it somebody that's just so brainwashed, or I I I don't know if it was a setup, or is it just somebody that. I don't understand it, and I didn't. I never felt comfortable with
1: it. Yeah, because it made no sense. God, just think about this. God knows all things. He created us. He loved us enough that He sent His Son to buy us back from hell, so we can return to Him. Um, he has a teacher for us. We all have a teacher within. The Holy Spirit is there, and will teach us all things. Will bring all things to our remembrance. Uh, Christ, his son, lived within us and God lives within us. Why does he need to be all speaking in tongues? Why does he need to have someone else around to interpret for us? When he's with us, he can do it. He loves us. He's not going to set us up where we can fail at all. He gives us perfect peace. He doesn't need it. Just, it's just people who are listening to Satan. And they're interpreting what they think that the Bible is saying. And that's the worst thing that they can do. That's why I want—I tell people, you got to know for yourself that you know that you know, that you know, not because somebody else said it. Because people say all kinds of crazy things. And if you believe it, you end up becoming crazy like them. And when people speak, it's best to let it go in one ear and out the other. Leave your glass empty so that God can fulfill it. And so when you hear these people talking, whether it's an expert, a preacher, Jesse Peterson or, or a psychologist, a uh, so-called politician, anyone. You hear them speak, but don't hold on to what they say. Mm-hmm. Then you shall know the truth of it. Then you can you know that you know that you know that you know. You won't be controlled by other people.
0: Now, in the past, I'm going to say the past five years, myself, I have tried about three different churches to go to. And I went to a men's group um, at one, which I thought was really good. But I didn't, I didn't, um, I really couldn't, I couldn't connect with anybody there. So I hear you talking about churches. And so give me your, give me your point of view on what churches are doing nowadays.
1: Churches, uh, most churches, not all, but most churches are no good because the men are weak. They have not been born again of God they they gone down to the front of the church. They accepted Jesus, Lord and Savior, because somebody said it. And But the problem is most of the churches, the men have not overcome their mother. They have not been born again of God. They have not returned to the Father. And so the churches are ruled by women nowadays. The preachers are afraid of their wives, so they're not going to tell the truth about what's going on and that why uh, men and women need to be born again. They're catering to the women because the women hold carry the purse. They, t- they have the money. Uh, they are afraid to tell the truth because they don't want to be called misogynists and women haters and mm-hmm. Allah and, uh, Abba mm-hmm. uh, haters and all kind of stuff. So the men are weak. And as a result, the women are taking over the churches. And a lot of men have stopped going to church because they have not been, you know, their family, their fathers and mothers failed them at home. And so they go to church with hope that somebody can point them back to the right way or the right source. And they're not getting it because the men in the churches are no, are no different than the men who are not going to church or those who are looking for God. They have not been born again of God. You know, God said there will come a day when I will return the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children. That day is at hand. It's now. If ever the family, the world, needed men is now because if you notice men have been uh being taught to act like women mm-hmm. to be emotional to cater to the woman the women they're saying that the women are strong and, and there is no such thing as a strong woman just weak men when m- women are taking over the homes the schools the churches the government entertainment everything is just all going to hell it's not getting better And every wicked thing that's out there is coming to the forefront now because women are emotional and they tend to go along with things that are wrong because they don't have the love to be honest about it. They feel sorry for it. They get emotionally involved. And that's what's happening in the churches. And once men become men again, return to the fathers, forgive their mothers for turning them away from their fathers, then they will become men and the churches will change, their homes will change country will get stronger rather than weaker
0: mm-hmm. now um would you would you attribute this this failure of the church and the we'll call it the failure of families on what's dividing our country right now
1: why Absolutely. we have
0: such a 50 50 split on you know just basically on what's going on you attribute that that the, the the church is failing, men failing their families um, and just lack of families.
1: Absolutely. It's, uh when 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 the home fail, if that order in the home is not working where the man is over the wife, the wife over the children, all hell break loose. It mm-hmm. starts in the home If you're not if your father is not there and the head of your mother and guiding the wife and the children the right way to go, then it's going to be that way if we go out into the world because the world will deceive you. They will make you think that right is wrong and wrong is right. And because of the weakness of the home, the women have taken over the schools. They become principals and vice principals and so-called uh, counselors and psychiatrists on campus there. And, and the teachers are all messed up. And then they trickle down into politics. The women are taking over politics. And as they take over, things are not getting better. You now have so-called same-sex marriage. Uh, You now have uh, transgender, uh, uh, you have men taking off their body parts and pretending that they're women, women taking off their body parts, pretending that they're men. It's all fake. It's not real. And that is because the man has failed. If men were married, this would not be happening because when women, men and women are raised by their fathers, when their fathers are good influence, they love it being a man and the woman love being a woman she's not jealous of the man being a man and the man don't want to be a woman there's nothing like being a man but when the home fell and i saw this happening in the black family prior to the so-called civil rights movement no such thing as civil rights by the way it's just a made-up thing Mm -hmm. Uh, men were men and the women respected the men for the most part And they didn't mind staying home. They loved being home and being a wife and a mother because that's their God given nature. Men went out and provided. And when he got home, he dealt with the issues at home. Uh, But now the men are becoming wives. The women are going off trying to be men. And I tell women all the time you can never be a man. You might want to stop trying. You're never going to be a man. And men are never going to be women. It's all a pretense and it's never going to work. But when men are themselves, everything will be fine. So we got to get men back. If you notice, millennial men today and Zs, they are soft like women. They dress like women. They're afraid of women. They move in with women. and not married. They get involved with women who are older than them. They uh, get involved with women who have children already, either out of wedlock or been married before, and they become the boy and the woman become the mama. That's because it's out of order. A man should never have sex out of wedlock. He should never uh, get involved with an older woman. He should never get involved with a woman who already have children because they, they come between the children and the mother. And boys and girls are already yearning for their fathers. They don't want another man in between the one parent they do have or another woman between their father and them. Um, a man should never ever ever move in with a woman every time you listen to the woman you will suffer. Mm-hmm. A man when he move into her home, either married or unmarried, she controls him and she will not let you forget you moved into my place. you moved into mm-hmm. my house. I own you. I pay for this I pay for that. A man should never, ever ever but never, never never, ever, <laughs> never never never, never, ever, ever ever, ever. Tell a woman his weakness. Never let a woman know your weakness. Never tell her your issues because she would never let you forget it. Even when you overcome those issues, 50 years down the road, she'll remind you of them. And she does that because women live off judgment. They love to hate. They love to judge. They can't help it because it's in their nature. Satan is their daddy. That's why they need men to help them overcome that. But men should not be doing all those things. We have sex before marriage. Sex is a drug. The woman controls you with sex. You become emotional, you become needy. It's like you can't live with it or you can't live without it. And women use sex to control men. Uh, That's why they give into it. Men become sex dealers and women become I mean women become sex dealers and men become sex addicts. Women become sluts and men become slut makers. Mm -hmm. It's not good. When you meet a woman, you should date without sex. (laughs) I know. You're a sex maker?
0: Once in a while, I have been. (laughs) (laughs) You're a
1: slut maker.
0: (laughs) Once in a while, I'm a a little bit guilty on that. Um, I used to be one,
1: too, in that fallen state. I used to be a major slut maker, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but I didn't understand at the time. I was in a fallen state. But women are looking for a father's love, and so are men. And men are trying to get it from the woman because the mother took it away from them, and they try to give their innocence back, and women don't have it. Women are looking for men to be right so they can help them come out of the hell that they're in, the anger and all that, right? But instead of getting the father's love from men, they get screwed, and it just goes downhill from that. Men got to get right because they are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And women need them so that they can come out of the darkness that they live in as well.
0: Now, one of the things you say, I I hear you say frequently is that, and I'm I'm, I'm lucky, my mom and dad, my mom is 79. My dad is 84. They've been married for 60 years. And one of the things about that you said that always rings a bell with me is that all my mother had to say was wait until your father gets home. That was it. That was it. That's all she had to say.
1: That's right. (laughs) Because women are the vice president of the home, and the man is the president of the home. And so her job is to watch over his children while he's away, providing or whatever he's doing. And when he come home and it's time to discipline the children, she reported to the father, and the father will handle it with the children. because It's in his nature, because his nature is of love, and that love will correct the kids. But in the mother's nature, there is no love unless she drew up close to her father and she has a husband who is of love, of God. And so uh, because kids are not going to listen to the mother. When they turn after three years old, they don't listen to the mothers anymore. And the mother tried to intimidate them to make them do right, or she tried to baby them or offer them some sweets or something to make them do right because it's not in her nature. But like you said, if that mother loved her husband, She's gonna tell the kids, you know, I'll let your father know when he get home. You will take care of this. Immediately the kids will start doing what's right. They will follow the order that the mother's giving out. But most mothers hate the husbands, they hate the father of the children. And instead of turning the children toward the father, they turn them away. And that's why the kids end up suffering as they get older. hmm
0: Because okay, so I know again, when my mom said that, talk about the fear of God that yeah. she put in us because we knew when dad got home, it was about to get real. That's right. Very, very, very real.
1: And that's how it was in the good old days when boys were boys and men were men. That order was understood. And women didn't have a problem like they do today, obeying their husband. They didn't feel less than. They didn't feel put down. They loved their husband because they grew up loving their father. So we got to return that.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, you you um, you say that there's no such thing as systemic racism or racism. So go right. ahead and, and and expand on that and tell me what you mean when you say that.
1: Race, racism is a made up word. It's a word that was made up by the children of the lie. So was sexism, homophobiaism, Islamophobiaism, Debbie dadism white supremacism, anti-Semitism. No isms. Is either right or wrong, good or evil. Our battle is a spiritual battle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and wickedness in high places. It's either if you're not born again of the Father, you have not returned to the Father, you're in a fallen state. Satan is your daddy. So you're not going to do the right thing for the most part. You can't do right because Satan is your daddy. But if you've been born again, returned to the Father, you are of good. God is good. So you're of that. You're going to treat people right. You're going to do the right thing. But if you don't, you got this battle going on, right? And it's not about the color of the person. Well, you have the battle happening anyway because there's a warfare between good and evil. Evil trying to conquer good, and good is conquering evil. And But the children of the lie, the liberal media, the Democratic Party, the right Republicans, the never Trumpers, the black race hustlers, and others are saying that it, uh, the women who hate men, like the National Organization of Women Who Hate Men, those crazy feminist women, they're saying, oh, it's, it's uh, racism. Because if they can get you to believe that lie, they control you with that lie, with words. And if you notice, 70 years have gone by longer, and they've been using that word, and things have gotten worse because They're trying to tell you that racism exists. How can you prove that racism exists? And who do you call racist? And you can never solve something that doesn't exist. But if you believe that word, you believe that that exists and it doesn't. And now they're using that to control you, especially the blacks with the whites. The blacks are telling whites, you're racist. You hate black people. You're because of slavery and Jim Crow is all lies. Police brutality against black people, it's all lies. But white people can't prove that there's something that they're not. It doesn't exist. And so it's they made up those words in order to control you. Control the blacks by getting them to believe a lie. And when they believe it, they become angry. And that anger, you control them. Control the whites by putting fear in them, by telling them, When you are racist. So if you don't give me reparations, if you don't give me affirmative action, if you don't give me what I want, then I'm going to destroy your name. I'm going to destroy your reputation. And the worst thing that white people want to be called, the last thing they want to be called is a racist. They have been afraid of that word. They are afraid of that word more than they are of God. And, And they have been controlled by that. And now we're in a real mess. We have South Africa in America now, white people, Black Lives Matter, uh, a far left liberal radical organization that was founded by a bunch of fat, black, radical lesbians are controlling the people, people are bowing down to them, giving them money, they're allowing these people to burn their businesses down, rob, steal, and kill, because white people are afraid to stand up. They don't want to be called racist. And then the next thing going to happen in America, they were, they're they getting rid of the police departments, right? Next thing going to happen is they're going to take the white people's land in the same way that they're doing in South Africa. They're taking white Americans' land in South Africa because Africa is ruled by black people now, and whites are afraid. And so they're taking their land without compensation. And they're going and robbing and stealing and killing and raping and murdering white people in their own homes in many cases. Because whites have allowed it to happen over there, in the same way that it is happening here, and I don't know if you saw it, but recently Black Lives Matter and others went into white communities and said, "Hey, come out of those apartments, come out of your home. It belongs to us. We own this at one time," and so they're intimidating white people and they are bringing in reparations. And if whites don't start to stand up and speak up and stop believing the lie of racism, they're going to lose their homes and their lives just as they've done in South Africa.
0: Do I do I have white white privilege because I don't think so. Everything they, that everything that I have I I'm a contractor, I don't know if you know that. I think I told you that. Yes. I've worked very hard over the years to build my build my small business. Um I I have a when you know 30 years ago I bought my home here real close to the beach. Yeah, I've worked hard in everything that I've done. There was nobody gave me anything. Yeah. Everything I have, I worked hard for. So when somebody tells me I have a white privilege or I need to, I'm not going to kneel down to anybody. And that's for sure. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, purple, green, pink. I'm not kneeling down to anybody.
1: That's right. But
0: I don't feel like I earned anything because of the color of my skin at all.
1: There's no such thing as white privilege. But when, but because white people are not standing up and saying no to this crap, the next generation, when they see you, because they're believing the lies that are being taught to them, when they see you, they are being taught that white people are just racist simply because they're white, they're born that way, and that there's white privilege and systemic racism and all that. So the next generation is going to hate you even more so because no one is fighting back and saying this is a lie. And it's just not true. White people are working very hard. They teach their kids to work hard uh, for educational wise and other ways. And But because white people are not fighting back, it's been told and a lot of folks are believing it. I'm, uh, it's just amazing the number of black people, Hispanic people and others who are believing this lie about white privilege. You know, they're teaching in it, these governmental jobs about white privilege and that white people are systemic racist, racism and all this stuff. And they're taking the people' job. Thank God that the great white hope, President mm-hmm. Donald Trump, is ending in this stuff, so-called white privilege stuff in the government jobs. But we got to also not allow it in private businesses as well. But they're doing a lot of brainwashing about white people in the educational system, uh, in jobs and private and government businesses now, it's a mess what's happening right now. It's pure wickedness. And if the people don't stand up and say no to this, it's over for America. Because if it wasn't for white people, there would be no America. That's just reality. And if you look at the white nations around the world, everywhere white people go, gone, they'll build amazing countries and everybody their mama, trying to go there, like Europe and now America. And these people coming to America and, and, the, and the people of color who are already here, they're not making America better. They're destroying it. White people build and the people of color destroy. We cannot afford to lose this country because there is nowhere else to go. So we got to stand up and tell the truth about what's happening. It's a spiritual battle. It has nothing to do with color. It has nothing to do with male or female.
0: Now, for me, making that simple statement, which I don't believe that I have white privilege, that would not, I would be called a white supremacist is probably what somebody would call me.
1: Absolutely. Now, when
0: I, when I see, I don't see color in people until, and I, and I'm being honest about this until they bring it up or somebody says, um, I've noticed in the past, it's, it's, all of a sudden there are a lot of white people because they have a black friend. It's, it's kind of weird. I have a black friend, which makes me not racist, yeah. which I just find kind of odd. You know, it's, you know, wh- why can't you say I have a friend? It has That's to be, right. I have a black friend. You know?
1: Because they have fear. That's what I said. Uh, 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 I tell people all the time, the worst thing that you can have in life is fear. And white people have been afraid to stand up for themselves. And over the last 30 years, my nonprofit is 30 years old. I've been writing, giving speeches, telling people on my show, white people, you got to overcome the fear. You got to stand up to the blacks. Because if you don't stand up to them, they're going to only get worse. When you don't stand up to your enemy, you bring out the worst in your enemy. But if you stand up and say, hey, I'm not your problem. I'm not against you you need to get over your anger or you need to forgive your parents for not being good parents for you. Perfect parents and showing you the right way to go. But whites have not stood up. And that's why we've gotten to this point that we have now. So when they accuse you of being racist or having white privilege, it's best to just give them the finger and tell them how the cow ate the cabbage.
0: <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I would have... <laughs> But amazing, see, amazing. Is right. Um, the next thing I want to talk to is about um, where is it here? Um, we went over six systemic racism, um, peaceful protest. Tell me about the peaceful protests. Well, I
1: can tell you why. what it is. I can tell you what it's not, it ain't happening now. This stuff that's happening in the country with Black Lives Matter and Antifa and others. This is these, this is a terrorist attack upon America. There's nothing about there's nothing peaceful about what they're doing. A peaceful protest is when you go out and loudly express your disagreement with something. Hey, I disagree with this, I disagree with that. You do your little march, but you don't burn, you don't destroy, you don't kill, you don't intimidate, you voice, you have the right to a peaceful protest. You have the first amendment. And so we I mean, you have a right to go out and march and make noise, but not to burn down. And that's not what's happening now. What's happening now by Black Lives Matter, and Antifa and other is a terrorist attack upon America. And the interesting thing is they want Donald Trump out of the White House as well. That's another reason all this is happening, because they want to blame it on him. So the states that are controlled by the Democrats, they allow these people to burn In Portland, Oregon, they've been burning and destroying there forever now. And now you have a radical Black Lives Matter woman, I believe, running for mayor or something up there in Portland, Oregon, Seattle, one of those places. They want to take over America and turn America into a socialist society. And right now, Donald Trump is in the way. And the uh, the worst thing that can happen to these people is a straight, white, conservative, Christian man or men. They got to get them out of the way. They've already destroyed the black man and the Mexicans, they're, they're, they're no problem, right? But the white man is in the way. The straight white conservative Christian white man is in the way. So they got to get him out of the way or them out of the way. And then they can take over America and turn it into a socialist communist society. And that's what you see happening right now. It's not about the Chinese virus, it's not about racism or slavery and all that crap. It's about a desire to turn America into a socialist society to control all people.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I got another question for you. What is your opinion or your thoughts on biracial marriages or bi, biracial unions and marriages?
1: I'm not for and I'm not against it, okay. and, and the reason I talk about why people do it. If you grow up you have a black father and black mother, you're going to identify with them if you love them. And, but if you don't love them, you resent them for any reason, especially with your mother. You're going to try to get away from that, thinking, well, if I marry a white woman or a Chinese or whatever, I will have a better woman. I will have a woman I can deal with. But it's not going to happen because the same spirit is in your mother's in the woman that you're attracted to. You become attracted to what you hate. And so you're going to be attracted to that same spirit. But if you overcome your mother, 99.99% of the time, you'll end up with a black woman or a white woman or Hispanic woman. So I'm not against it. I talk about the cause of it. And the reason interracial relationships are happening is because they're trying to get away from the way that their parents were, their mother or their father, really. Mm Mm-hmm but okay. it, it's not a sin as far as i can tell and, and it's not wrong but the reason you're doing it is what you need to look at the resentment that you have for your mother and father
0: now i want to jump back a little too and i want to talk about anger yes. now to me and i agree with you on this that and i've worked on it myself that that anger is a feminine trait yes. anger and i've i've had some pushback on that on, even on my channel here, like, what do you mean? You know, anger. One one guy commented that all men have been angry. That's how you know things were built. That's how yeah. things progressed. Well, I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. I was angry the other day. The window order that I ordered didn't come in. It didn't show up. And <laughs> on the way back, I was driving, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to control this. There's because there's a couple things you said that I. I have no control over that. There is no right. control over that at all. So while I was driving, I was actually doing my silent p- prayer, not with my eyes closed, but while I was driving. Yes. And by the time I got to my next job, I felt a whole lot better because I've just tried to, I, I don't want to suppress the anger. I just want to let it go and know yes. that I can't control it. So tell me your thoughts on why anger is feminine or a feminine trait.
1: Because anger is evil, first of all. And again, any male that has anger is a female. And he got it from his mother because you resent, if you resent your mother at all, you become like her. You take on her identity. But if you don't, if you're not traumatized your mother by your mother, you have a or grandmother, you have a logical mindset. And anger is straight out of hell. What we got to realize, as I've said, that our battle is a spiritual battle. And so there are two God, one that's real and one that's fake, that which is Satan, right? And so the man's God is the God above, and the woman's God is the God below. And when Eve listened to Satan, he became her God, the Adam and Eve syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Satan became her God, and when men, when the man Adam listened to the woman, she became his God. But prior to that, God was Adam's God. Uh, 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 And Adam was over the woman. She listened to the man who listened to the father. And so when men are turned away from their fathers, when they're made to be angry by their mothers, they serve the same God that the mother served, which is below. And so in Satan, there is no love. It's all ego. It's all judgment. It's resentment. It's jealousy. It's envy. It's strife. It's fear. It's doubt. It's worry. But when you overcome your mother by forgiving her, you overcome that. You wake up to perfect love. And in perfect love, there is no fear, no doubt, no jealousy, no worry, no insecurity, no anxiety, no depression, no suicidal thoughts. So it's the nature of the woman, but it's really the nature of her God, which is Satan. And that's why she need a man to bring her out of that hellhole into his world, which is peace and love. and delight and happiness and all the good things that human beings should have that comes from God. It comes through the man. If you know men who are angry when they're with another woman, they can't help another woman. If she's angry, you're angry. How are you going to help her? You have no logic to bring her out of that world. You're subject to her rather than showing her how to overcome. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I can tell you personally that it's helped me a lot because when I you know you said a couple things that real really resonated with me and 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 it was with about anger. And yes. you know, I always thought anger was a masculine trait. Like if you you have to be angry. Now I've done martial arts for years and and even my tournaments and stuff like that, I was never angry, but I did I did just say induce induce some sort of primal Primal beast in me to get out there and fight. So, (laughs) but I didn't, that's not the same thing as anger. I don't think that is, if I'm correct. Yeah. When
1: When you have peace, when you love what's right with all your heart, soul, and might, you have peace, that's the real strength. You can conquer anything. If you're in a fight, because you're aware of what you're doing, you can beat your enemy. But when you go into anger, you can't see what you're doing. You're getting knocked out because you didn't see the blow coming. But when you're conscious, and anyone that has anger, they're in darkness, so they can't really see what they're doing. But when you're of love, you're conscious of what you're doing, and that's where your real strength is. You can win. You know, because I heard people say, well, you got to have anger in order to fight or you to do whatever. No, you don't. You got to have peace if you want to do it the right way and if you want to conquer all you must do it with perfect love, because in anger there is no strength at all. It's a weakness, and anyone who's a peace is going to defeat you.
0: Mm-hmm. Now let's switch gears a little. I'm going to ask you a question. At 21 Convention, the 21 Summit, I know you had a good time. What did just what? It was amazing. It was amazing time with you. Everybody. Still, the buzz is a lot of the buzz about 21 is that you were there and you spoke. Yes. What did Jesse Lee Peterson learn at the 21 convention?
1: I realized that, you know, I work with men around the world already. I realized that men are desperate now to overcome. They know something is wrong and they don't quite know how to overcome it. They haven't really found someone that can point the right way. And that is to overcome their mothers, because once they overcome their mothers, they return to the Father, they the light will come on within, which is of God, and they'll see the right way to go. And the men at 21 Summit were desperately looking for answers, not realizing the answers are all in already in them. And when we get together like that, you just become a testament a testament one to another. You edify one another, you correct and point the right way. But they were looking for what they were looking for to overcome how to deal with women how to deal with their mothers, how to get married and do it the right way. And they were in the right place uh, mm-hmm. for that. And so I really realized that matter of fact, I'm counseling with some of the men now from uh, that were at that event and already oh, they're wow. trying to wake up. They'll move out of their mother's ho- homes again in their own places. They're starting to deal with their mothers in the right way. They have gone to their fathers and apologized for resenting them. And their lives are starting to change immediately. And uh, that's one thing that I realized from the summit, because a lot of men came up and talked to me about the issues they're dealing with. Their children are being taken away from them Mm -hmm. by the children, mothers, the women are controlling them with their children, destroying the kids. It's a real mess. And they were looking for answers, real answers. Mm -hmm. And that's what I realized there too.
0: I mean Anthony Johnson puts an incredible event. Um unless you've actually gone to that event, you know, I was an attendee in 2018. That was my first time. Yes. And then I was put on staff for the past. It was at four events and so as a speaker liaison speaker escort, I got to see the inner workings and how much actually goes into a convention like this? Yes, I mean there's a lot to it. You probably saw the inner workings of of things. So um, yeah. he he has a he's somebody that has a real conviction to help men, just like you do. So I thought it was a great pair up that you came with twenty one.
1: What there's was your? Guy.
0: Yeah, what was your highlight? What Do you have a highlight of 21 Convention? Wow, there's
1: so much. But number one is when I was talking to Anthony, I was asking him about the event. How did he get that started? I didn't realize that he had started that when he was 17, I believe. 17 years old. 17 years old. That's That was amazing to hear that. And then to see what he's done, done to make it so great. Because you're right. With all the recording and putting this event together, it's a lot of work. It took a lot of work to, because it's so big now and so many people show up, it's a major deal. But it was impressive to see uh, what he's done and how it, it has turned out so far. And it's a testimony to men that if you want to do something and you take control of it, it can happen through you. It's amazing what you can do. And then you guys, you're so organized, you know, you, you're you timely and you don't waste time with things like that. You know, you're timely and people have to follow the time. And it's set up where you can get what you want from it. Uh, the uh, the organizing of you guys working together to make it happen, because you don't see a lot of men now involved, leading the way. Normally, they let the woman do it. But mm-hmm. in, with Anthony, and what you guys are doing with 21 Summit, organ it was founded and organized and put together by men and there's nothing better than that it's so women and children need to see it they need to see men leading the way rather than sitting back and letting the woman do it so you guys did all the interviews that were set up you had different podcasters there people from around the world just wasn't mm-hmm. next door people That's they came right. from everywhere you guys had the hotel arrangement done perfectly i can't it was the world needs to see it they really do it was it was mind blowing
0: i give credit i give all the credit to anthony johnson it's his baby but for me it's a great way to donate my time yeah. and my effort same thing with my brother and it's a way to give back to men and that's the way i look at it it's my it's my giving back to the community and helping
1: absolutely well anthony has done an amazing job and to know he started doing it at seventeen, even more impressive, because today's millennial can't even watch his nose, clean his butt at seventeen. Mm. And so, <laughs> Anthony is proving that that can and is being done. And so, so uh, everyone who's working with Twenty One Summit. Okay, I, I gotta run. I have they're letting me know my time is up. I got another appointment, but I, okay. I'm. I totally enjoyed talking to you, man. I,
0: I enjoyed this. Can, I, can you give me two minutes? Because you know what I want to do? I want to put you on the hot seat. Just like yes, you sir. Real the hot quick. seat. The hot seat. <laughs> Here it is. Who are you voting for?
1: The great white hope, Donald Trump. Okay. Sex before marriage. Never do it. Wait until marriage. Okay. What is a man? A man loved God with all his heart and soul along with nothing else.
0: Do you love black people?
1: I love black people
0: Do you love white people?
1: I love white people
0: mask or no mask no mask is there such a is there such a thing as a strong independent woman?
1: no such thing as a strong woman just weak men
0: and the last thing, what do you do for fun and to relax
1: i Spend time alone. And I read a little bit, watch a good little movie, but spend time alone. I love being alone.
0: Okay. And That's I work it. out at the gym. Good. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. I can tell when I met you. That's yes, great. sir. So do <laughs> you. That's great. I can tell
1: too. That's great. You That's know Joel is here, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You black. Yeah. I love Joel. I love all the guys. And uh yeah. um you know, I appreciate you coming to twenty-one. I had a great time, you know, hanging out with you and Nick and Sam. To me, it was it was an honor that you guys were there.
1: Thank and
0: you. I know that Anthony will definitely want you back again. So He's I do appreciate
1: invited us to Portland. We gotta he gonna do it in Portland next time. Oh, yeah. yeah,
0: so you yeah. told me about yeah. it already. So
1: we'll be yeah. there. If oh, the Lord is there. willing and the creek don't ride, we'll rise. be there.
0: That's good. <laughs> It'll be like 90
1: going north, that's it. That's right, 90 going <laughs> north. Fantastic. So I want people to check us out at dot com, or dot justinleepeterson.com. And thank you, man, that was amazing. I enjoyed it. It went by just like that. That's amazing.
0: It, it sure did. I could talk to you for hours. Maybe we can do it again sometime. But Absolutely. also, I know there's there's a few other content creators at 21 would like to reach out to you. And so I'll get them some information so they can, so you could come on their podcast and talk, but absolutely, I had, I had an amazing time with you.
1: Amazing.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Jesse, buddy. Good seeing you again. And you have a good rest of your day. I appreciate you. I will. So do
1: you say hello to your brother for me.
0: I will. Thank you. Okay. All right. Now. Take care.
1: Bye.